Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Tearsheet's Editor-in-Chief, Zach Miller. And joining me on this show are Stephen Randall, Global Head of Liquidity Management Services in the Treasury and Trade Solutions business at Citi, and Ricardo Jaswa, CEO and founder of Pismo, a banking and cards platform. The two firms are working to strengthen Citi's corporate demand deposit accounts to clients worldwide. And we'll be talking about the partnership these two firms struck, how it fits into Citi's Treasury and Trade Solutions tech strategy, and how it will impact Citi clients ultimately. Pismo's Joshua explains what a microservice-based ecosystem is and how it behaves. We also chat about the importance of having core expertise and knowledge in cloud-based banking and payment capabilities like Pismo has. Here's my discussion with City's Stephen Randall and Pismo's Ricardo Joshua. Great. So, Stephen, who are you and what do you do? Hi, Zach. Um, I'm uh, Stephen Randall. I'm Global Head of our Liquidity Management Services business here at City in TTS, Treasury and Trade Solutions. Well, welcome to the podcast. And Ricardo, can you introduce yourself? Who are you and what do you do? Sure. Hi, Zach. Nice, nice being here with you guys. Uh, I'm Ricardo Josua. I'm a co-founder and CEO of Pismo. We are a technology platform for, for banking and payment solutions. And the reason we're here together is, you know, there is a there's a partnership here. Um, I'd love to start with you, Stephen. Like what let's start even taking a step back. What does TTS do as part of City? Um, then I'd like to send it over to Ricardo to talk about what Pismo does. Yeah, sure, sure, Zach. Yeah, so uh, City Treasury and Trade Solutions, they work with leading global corporates, fintechs, financial companies, e-commerce companies, et cetera. And we power their growth through, you know, partnering with them to navigate through the digital reality and the digital changes that are coming um, uh, through, uh, through the industry. I mean, our network and our solutions, they... Um, there, we've got on-the-ground experience in over 95 markets, which gives us a real global platform for payments, liquidity, trade, and working capital. And, and that really ensures that we're there to you know, make sure our clients do better, faster business. And uh, it ma doesn't matter wherever they are located in the world, uh, we're, we're there heading in, in that direction with them. And in terms of size of companies, do you think about it in that terms? Like, are you looking at like small, medium-sized businesses or...? It's, a, it's across a range of spectrum. It's from mm -hmm. the, the small to medium right the way up to, to the much larger organizations that, that we support uh, that, are, that are truly global in nature, which is why our global network uh, really helps support them with their, their global growth amb ambitions. Got it. Um, Ricardo, let's talk about Pismo. What does Pismo do? Yeah, we're, um, we're a platform for uh, infrastructure and banking. Uh, we currently provide services for uh, large financial institutions, uh, and those can be, uh, of course, banks and, and also fintechs, but also some uh, market infrastructure uh, companies uh, like you know, stock exchanges and other companies. And we provide the cloud-native infrastructure for these companies to uh, leverage and build their own products on top of. Um, so, for example, we provide for banking for uh, large uh, Fortune 500 banks uh, where they use our platform to set up uh, current accounts and uh, all kinds of uh, deposits, long-term long deposits, or 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 um, just uh, uh, even lending operations, and mm -hmm. also we deal with payments. So we enable uh, payments through a number of different rails, from um, faster payments in the UK to PIX in Brazil to UPI and 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 Rupay in India, uh, operating through uh, currently six uh, offices across the world. Gotcha. Um, and we will talk about the importance of cloud and in, in, in financial services a little bit later in our conversation. But let's talk about the nature of, of this tie-up and this partnership. Um, maybe we'll start with you, Stephen. 
Yeah, so I mean, in terms of the, the partnership and how that feeds into the, the TTS strategy, I mean, it, it's really part of our broader sort of technology revamp. And as we think about, you know, transforming our, our technology platform, migrating our solutions and services and our infrastructure, what, what we want to create is always on capabilities for our clients. As I alluded to earlier, our clients are global, you know, they start, you know, across the spectrum. Um, but one of the themes that we're seeing is, you know, uh, payments and liquidity continues to move, um, uh, not only in a, in a almost real-time uh, spectrum, but also uh, it's an always-on world that we're, that we're living in. And so that's why as we develop our, our strategy, we're really thinking about our always-on capabilities to make sure our clients can use that for their clients. And that allows them to improve that overall experience that they have with us here at City. So can we see explicitly what, what the partnership is? What does Pismo bring to, to TTS today? Yeah. So, yeah. So let me, let me, let me dive a little bit more into that. So, I mean, what, what Pismo brings and Pismo's technology platform brings is, is it helps us strengthen our core uh, demand, corporate demand deposit accounts, our core mm -hmm. uh, corporate DDA accounts, and it allows that to, to bring that to our, our clients. And what it does is it allows us to quickly build that into our solutions uh, to meet those market demands that I was referring to earlier in terms of that always on capability. Great. And Ricardo, I alluded to in the beginning, we get back to cloud. Um, I'd love to talk to you about how important it is to have this core expertise and knowledge in cloud-based banking um, and the payments capabilities that you have. Yeah. Uh, you know, and coming back to what Stephen just said, you know, being always on was something that even five, six years ago was not as much as a concern uh, for banks and cloud was uh, uh, still largely a fringe decision. And now, you know, fast forward, to 2023. And I think currently, if you uh, see every major financial institution and bank in the world is talking about migrating to the cloud, it's become a reality. Uh, some companies are uh, going to be slower than others. And I think uh, CD through TTAS uh, is making a huge move, just uh, uh, accelerating the process of migrating to this solution. And again, I, I will not double click on what uh, Sim says on, 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 on being always on, which is critical because we can set up and we are setting up for uh, CD multiple uh, availability zones as we call them or uh, regions uh, at the same mm -hmm. time inter interconnected and active active so it provides very very high availability there's no batching processes there's no uh, everything is real time in essence but maybe as important as this it allows also uh, the creation of components that can be changed and adapted to new realities and new demands that may not even be clear today without downtimes, without rewriting the whole thing, because these are based on microservices or smaller components. And each one has its very clear um, structure and very uh, uh, contextualized services. And what that allows is, for example, a company like Pismo issues uh, currently and deploys about 400 uh, deploys every month in new pieces of code. And everything is done without downtime. So there's no uh, maintenance times there's no huge uh, lead times for projects we can continually continuously deploy with very high degrees of safety um we're currently doing uh which for city i i guess it's it's still not as impressive but you know we're doing currently about 250 billion dollars in transactions in real time uh, every year uh, and increasing that uh you know as much as 100 depending on, on on the market 
uh, every year. So uh, it's 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 very exciting uh, technology, and I think the necessary technology to leverage all the other opportunities that would be all arise from uh, cloud enabling. Yeah, and uh, 250 billion does sound like a lot to me, especially when you came from zero just a few years ago. But I I do understand yeah. in in relative terms to the size of of city, it's a. Uh, it's it's different uh, different sizes. Well, while while I've got you, Ricardo, I'd love to hear how how you position Pismo vis-a-vis uh, other competitors in the space. How do you differentiate yourself? Yeah, well, you know, we're um, currently not only at the edge of technology, uh, and we try to sort of rebuild and revamp our system continuously, uh, but we also are fortunate enough to have had the opportunity to migrate and operate some large operations uh, already. So there are, there's a lot of projects around and people playing. As I said, the numbers that we already have are significant. We, have, we manage uh, for our clients or with our clients over 80 million accounts. Uh, we're doing more than 4 billion transactions uh, every year and answering about 250 billion API calls. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's something that is running at scale. So we had the opportunity to debug a lot of uh, the system and make sure it's, it's very uh, robust. So that I think is uh, one key uh, differentiator. The other one is that the approach we have is not trying to solve for all the problems of our clients because we understand that trying to do so, you often become a bottleneck for these clients. Mm -hmm. So instead what we're doing, and I think City is an amazing example of that, is working in tandem with them by providing some of the infrastructure that is in in essence universal. And people ask us, oh, how can you be operating in say Australia, India, you know, Brazil and Chile and uh, Europe and the UK. So, you know, how can you operate this very different landscape? And of course, uh, for, for a company like Citi, it's it's a daily uh, business, but for uh, fintechs, it's, it's a very hard threshold to pass. And I think the answer for that is that we focus on the components that are universal for all of those. So as Stephen was saying, we are an important, but one of many components that city TTS will use to uh, deploy services to their clients. So that that, that's the solution. So we are composable and we are uh, very open to uh, integrations and, and operations uh, in tandem with our clients. That makes sense to me. And also like the fact that um, your scalability and the proof of scalability to be able to work at this, at this level is, is, is a massive enabler. Um, Stephen, back to you. Um, you alluded to this in, in one of your first answers, but I'd, I'd love to hear how you see City's clients will benefit from this type of partnership. Yeah, so I think, uh, as we referred to earlier, you know, our clients <clears throat> are looking for, uh, you know, making sure that they can manage their, their payments liquidity in an always-on environment. As we partner with, with Pismo, and Ricardo picked up on it here, ability to help us accelerate the build to get to that, that, that target state is really where, you know, Pismo's uh, capabilities help complement city strategy. And so what, what, what our clients will benefit from is our ability to leverage that cloud-based um, infrastructure that Ricardo was, was talking about, being able to connect that and integrate that into our, our, our solutions and our capabilities, which means we will, we're able to, develop, expand those capabilities to our clients far, far quicker. So it's, it's a real, you know, nice combination of bringing, you know, that new, um, I suppose, cloud-based technology and integrating it to bringing to our clients a solution that will allow them to develop their, their businesses and their business models and improve their offering to their clients. So it's, it's a very, very, uh, you know, nice, seamless way of, of bringing this together. 
And it also allows us, right, Stephen, and I'm sorry, Zach, but, you know, it also allows us to to get her to sort of prepare uh, or sort of pave the way to new products for those clients as well. So, you know, I was just going to ask about that. Yeah. 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 And that's a conversation that that we've been having as well as to, yeah, as, as we sort of work together, what are those opportunities? What are those, you know, potential other synergies over and above the work that we're we're doing today? And, uh, and that, that's, what's very exciting about this. Got it. Um, Ricardo, back to you. Um, I know when we talk to fintechs, a lot of them, you know, present themselves as microservice based, you know, uh, technology stacks. Um, can you explain what a microservice-based uh, technology stack is and, and how it behaves? Sure, and I think I, I, can, I can start maybe by giving you a very concrete example of, of what we see when we are migrating uh, infrastructure from legacy players into the cloud. Uh, of course, you know, uh, providing something through the cloud is a fairly easy endeavor these days, right? You can lift and shift any sort of pay, uh, workload to a cloud service, uh, even a mainframe can be operated through cloud. And we know a bunch of players that do. You can layer up some of your services through a cloud enabled service. Now building something from scratch changes uh, the game completely in a way that, uh, and again, trying to, to give a more concrete example to the listeners here is imagine you have today a deployment of a new feature uh, and you need to implement that feature for uh, deposits or you need to implement fed now in the us say or you know whatever other uh, solution or maybe a card solution that requires a different type of tokenization or cross-border transactions that require uh, new regulatory or even a cbdc or a central bank digital currency whatever the case is uh, currently, uh, the way systems have been built in the past, even when they are interfaced through cloud uh, uh, microservices, in the end, it requires uh, what we call a piecemeal, some archaeological digging, right? You need to go down into very large chunks of code and try to find out what, what that does and you know which portion will be affected by the service. And this is usually uh, the hidden part of uh, the, the lag that some incumbents have to get to market with new features. Now, when you have a microservice structure, among other things, uh, you have uh, horizontal growth. So you can set up as many pieces of infrastructure as you need for a, a you know, certain workload. So if there's an event or if there's a you know, sort of a market expansion, you can grow horizontally the number of servers that we'd be using for that uh, you know, demand, which is natural to everyone that uses microservice. But I think more importantly, the uh, context of each microservice is very clear and clearly defined by its payload. So what information it gets uh, from other services and what information it exports, as long as, as those are uh, very well defined and designed, uh, you don't have that kind of interconnection that becomes uh, troubling when you deploy new features. And one of the reasons we deploy uh, uh, you know, several hundred times a month is because we know that as long as the contracts are safe, uh, you can do pretty much everything and there's very little risk for the operations or no risk for the operations. I think that's a major, major change in, 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 in the way you manage your services. So you can be conservative in terms of security for your clients while at the same time trying new stuff and building new stuff that can be rolled out very gradually without you know downtimes or uh, cascading processes. I like that expression, archaeological digging. I think that'll have to work its way into our lexicon here on the podcast. And that's definitely, you know, a, a challenge that we hear with a lot of people sitting in Stephen's seat here on the podcast is, you know, the challenge of migrating into these modern technologies, given the the technology legacy that that 
these large institutions have. And Stephen, I guess, you know, a similar question I asked Ricardo about how he differentiates. I assume you had a lot of different choices uh, in terms of deciding whom City was going to partner with. Um, why did you guys choose Pisma? Yeah, I mean, that's a, a, a you know, great question and, and one that, you know, we obviously went through a very extensive uh, process. Um, we set out, you know, what the success criteria of a partnership should, should be. Um, and some of that was, you know, some of the, you know, I suppose next gen generation technology that, that Ricardo was, was, was talking through. Um, and, um, you know, what we were looking for uh, was making sure that we had a, a partner that we could work with that could bring to us with a, a, track, a track record, which Ricardo has sort of set out and the volumes that they were processing. But at the same time, making sure they, they would very, you know, actively participate with us um, as we were building out this next generation of, of core core DDA uh, pl platform, and so so it was a combination of, of things that we were were looking for, uh, both quantitative and qualitative across the across the, the spectrum, uh, to ensure that we were able to launch the next generation of solutions with them um, and in partnership with them, and move on move, move uh, some from some of those uh, legacy systems which you you refer to uh, to being having some of the most advanced technology in in the market. I love how the term has that's been accepted um, for for technology that's been over time is legacy. It, it gives it like an air of like aristocracy almost, you know, it's like, um, and it's, I understand it's a huge challenge. Is it, is it too early to talk about, um, and I know you alluded to this as well, Stephen, like what's next in line for this partnership? Yeah, I, I think um, at this point, you know, as you, you, you've, you've probably seen, you know, that this, this partnership, you know, uh, sort of launched, um, Within the the last uh, you know early part of, of this year, I think actually formally announced it um, uh, several months ago, and, and so you know we've been working you know with with uh, Ricardo and team now for for some months, and I think you know it, it's it's fair to say that you know we've really got the cadence as the teams have been working together uh, very well, and there are some items, uh, but we we've in terms of look forward looking. Um, but, you know, as we set out on, I suppose, that core central case, that's where we're spending our efforts at, at this point um, and making sure that, you know, we, we really, you know, move together, you know, as, as, we, as we expected. So, so I think it's exciting in terms of what is coming. Um, but at this point, you know, we're really focused on delivering what we set out to deliver uh, together um, at the start of the, the conversations we have with them. I second that. That makes a lot of sense. Well, good luck. Thanks for bringing um, a conversation about the partnership here to the podcast. And great to meet you both, Stephen and Ricardo. Thanks for joining us on the Tearsheet Podcast. Thank you.